0: So the finale for DuckTales, the uh, last adventure, aired uh, this past Monday officially on Disney Channel, Disney XD, and various other Disney outlets and was marathoned afterwards for 24 hours back to back. And all I can say about the finale is Unlike a lot of finales, you know, because sometimes a finale will get so hyped up as being, you know, the be-all, end-all of the series. You know, it's going to answer all your questions, you know, that you've been asking and wondering about. And in the end, when it's all said and done, it doesn't live up to its expectations. Well, I can say that DuckTales is one of those finales that did live up to expectations. Because it basically answered a lot of questions that a lot of us had. But, to their credit... They answered them in unique ways that we didn't even see coming. And everything that was hinted at, thrown at us, you know, you know, shown to us throughout this entire third and final season, as well as throughout the previous two seasons of DuckTales, all culminated into this finale because a lot of things were finally answered. A lot of things were, you know, you know, brought up and answered in ways that were surprising and you know even to not just to the characters but to the viewers as well um and that's one thing about a finale a series finale that it should do whether it's a hour-long series finale or in this case it's a you know 65 uh a, six, a near 70 plus 70 minute um movie finale without commercials or 90 minute movie finale with commercials you know that's what a finale for a series should do if it's got a lot of questions fans want answers to it should give you those answers but do it in a way that even you know catches you off guard as a viewer and that's what DuckTales did uh for example and there will be spoilers here in case you guys don't know that already Uh, I'm sure you do because a lot of people that have already talked about this finale have pretty much spoiled what's been going on or what happened uh But basically, one of the questions that a lot of fans have been, you know, wondering about, you know, and asking, you know, for quite some time is, how did Della know about the Spear of Selene, about that ship that Scrooge uh, was building, you know, that she basically took into space and caused her to get, you know, trapped on or stranded on the moon um, afterwards, after she was, you know, caught up in this electrical storm and everything, you know, how did she know about that? Well, we find out that it was Bradford. Bradford's the one that basically threw out the acknowledgement um, somehow to Della about the existence of the spirit, Selene. You know, that's how she knew about it. And you know, for viewers like myself, you know, just like Scrooge himself in the show, it, it was a surprise. Like, oh, okay, you know, that I didn't see that coming. Come, you know, I didn't see that coming as an answer to one of our questions. But yeah. Basically, it was Bradford that caused Della to find out about the spirit of Selene, thus causing her to get lost in space or str- thus stranded on the moon, as we found out in the first season. So, you know, so yeah, that was one question we got answered. One question we got answered. But the biggest question, the biggest question of all that we got was about Webby. You know, because throughout the third season and somewhat in the second season or towards the end of the second season, we started to get some kind of closure or near closure for, you know, the boys, for Huey, Dewey, and Louie and what their purpose in life was going to be or destined to be. But the only other, only other, the only other character, I should say, out of that foursome of the kids that we didn't get answers to or didn't get a resolution to or anything just yet was Webby. I mean, even Lena, you know, even Lena had some closure... Thus getting, you know, the enhancement of powers that she had to, you know, help protect the world, protect her family, protect the, her, you know, friends and all that. So, you know, you know, you know even Lena got some closure there. But the thing is, you know, Webby was the only other character. I mean, uh, I think the other girl, I think her name is Violet or whatever her name was, that also got mystical powers along with Lena. You know, she got some closure and she was introduced this season. So you know, the only other character that didn't have closure or a straight answer to was Webby. And in this finale, we finally got the answer. And I think a lot of us pretty much knew what the answer was going to be the moment, you know, it got uh, leaked out or got um, reported that that two of Daisy's um, nieces, May and June, would be making their appearance in the finale. And as soon as that news trickulated out, you know, online and to the public, a lot of us pretty much kind of started to put the pieces together, like, oh, I think we now know who Webby might be. And we find out that part of that is true. We find out that Webby is April. She is the sibling April. But it's not like a legit, you know, triplet, you know, birthing or birth, if you will. It's not a natural triplet birth Uh, that we're used to seeing, you know, or that we're used to knowing about, you know, in, you know, fantasy and even in real life. You know, it's not like that. Instead, we find out in a flashback that Webby is a genetically experimented clone uh, by Fowl, that Madame Heron, or Heron, if you will, and Bradford came up with the idea to create Webby uh, and then, you know, we're always wondering, while, you know, we're always wondering, okay, why did they take a piece of Webby, why did they take a feather off Webby and be glad they got this? Why were they happy about that? Why was Heron uh, happy that they got the feather of Webby uh, in that one episode earlier uh, this season or, toward, you know, in the final half of the season? And we find out that she used that feather of Webby to create clones of Webby, thus. Being the uh, ser- this series interpretation of May and June, that's how they came to be. That basically the feather that they got in that one episode was, you know, that they were happy to get. That Heron Heron was happy to get was used to create the clones of uh, of Webby, known as May and June, uh, in this verse, in this interpretation of the characters, and thus we find out that Webby is their sibling, basically the older sibling, if you will, uh, April, but we find out that Beakley discovered her in a previous mission uh, in the past, took her in, you know, as her own, you know, took her to McDuck Manor, and raised her there along with Scrooge. So, you know, yeah, basically, you know, Webby, along with the rest of us, You know, finds out pretty much again like I said what we all kind of figure could be the strongest possibility even before May and June were announced for the finale which really kind of helped us you know kind of really start realizing that yeah this might be where they're going even though it's predictable or even though we saw it coming along ago and that is that Webby is a clone but or is a genetically experimented clone but we don't know who she, she was cloned from you know, a lot of us speculated, okay, was she cloned from Beakley? Was she cloned from Heron? Was she cloned from, you know, somebody, you know, from her parents, her mom? You know, you know who is she a clone of? And we find out, towards the end, that Webby is a clone of Scrooge himself. That's right, she's a clone of this character herself, uh, himself. And the reason she, we find out that she's a clone is because in one of the earlier episodes that flashes back to some of Scrooge's earlier adventures when both Della and Donald were kids, basically about uh, Webby, and he, Webby and the boys' age, um, Scrooge took this parchment called the papayas, if you will, which basically makes anything that people you know, put on it and then sign with their signature a reality you know, for whatever reason. He put on this papayas, on this parchment, he said that the only way this parchment can be found and located or brought back into existence is by a direct descendant of his own. And he didn't know that that direct descendant of his own was Webby because he didn't even know that Webby had been cloned from him until the very end. He didn't know that. He didn't know that Webby had been cloned from him till the very end. Now she didn't flat out say, "Yeah, you know you know i'm your- you know I'm your daughter because they cloned me from you, basically being on a lot of adventures throughout his life, he pretty much figured it out. It's like all the pieces came together. I mean the moment she calls when the moment she tells Bradford to stay away from my dad, and it surprises even him, I think that's when everything started to come together that okay, May and June are clones of her. Thus, Webby is a clone of him, and now it all starts to come together because when Scrooge sees the papayas, you know, in the contract that would basically, you know, make what Bradford wants him to do uh, a reality, you know, a legit reality, that's when the moment Webby tells Bradford to stay away from her dad and he hears this, to me, in my personal opinion, that's when everything starts to be pieced together. Scrooge starts to, because, like I said, throughout his lifetime adventures, starts to piece everything together, and he realizes that not only is May and June a clone of Webby, but Webby's a clone of him because Bradford needed a direct descendant of his own, of Scrooge's own, to get the papayas, and he did, and, that, and that's why Webby is here, that's why Webby uh, uh, exists. And that's basically why at the end of that one episode, you have that singing the harp that is able to detect when people are lying, you know, and they're saying, you know, you're fibbing, fibbing, fibbing. You know, basically that's why it says at the end of that one episode, when the the leaving, I think, that Greek island or whatever it's located at, you know, and Beakley says to Webby, you know, I'm not going to hide any more secrets from you. It's saying she's fibbing, fibbing, fibbing. It's because that right there was the first clue You know, the first clue that we had that Beakley still was hiding more secrets and we find out, like I said, um, uh, just moments ago through Beakley's confession that the biggest secret she held from Webby was uh, basically that she was a clone. She was a genetically experimented on clone. So, yeah, that was the biggest question that everybody ever had. Like, okay, where did Webby come from? You know, why is she so you know into the McDuck history wanting to know more about it? And we find out here in this finale that the reason for that is because of the fact that she is directly she is a direct clone of Scrooge, thus she is his legit flesh and blood daughter. She is not Webby Vanderquack, she's Webby McDuck. Or April McDuck, or whatever you want to call her. So, yeah, a lot of stuff uh, is answered, uh, especially when it comes to Webby um, here. Now, a lot of characters do get their moments. There's no doubt. I'm not going to deny that. There's a moment that a lot of people knew was coming, and that was with Launchpad getting his hero moment by having everybody that he's associated with uh, throughout the series run and, and this season kind of saying, hey, we believe in you. You are a hero, you are an inspiration. And this is enough for him to be able to not only save his friends, but don the gizmo suit. Because what happens is, uh, basically, Fenton has... I can't think of this character's name right now. I think it's Tommy or something like that. It's an android-like son for Gyro. So what you know, Fenton has, uh, this character do, is hack the gizmo suit... To allow a new user to use it. So that way it's not just Fenton anymore. It's somebody else. And thus. Uh, Fenton. You know. Basically allows the suit to give permission to. Whoever the new user will be. To don it. And in this case. It's um, it's Launchpad. And Launchpad is able to use that. To basically save his friends. You know. Defeat Steelbreak, You know. Beat you know, beat the villains that he's brainwashed into submission with the uh, the brain drain gun, which he now added the implement of, hey, anybody that gets brain drained also becomes a su- submissive servant, if you will. So, or mindless submissive servant. Launchpad is able to take care of all of them and free his friends at the same time. Now, what's unique about this moment, too, is what happens earlier, before this. Huey, you know, sneaks... Um, Huey basically... Sneaks aboard. Basically, um, uh, what? What? What's I'm trying. Uh, Huey basically follows Webby. He sneaks aboard, follows Webby to this one place. You know, gets himself captured. You know, along with Webby, who disguised herself as June because she wants to find out more about the truth and everything. So Huey ends up being confronted by Bradford, who we find out was the very first. Uh Wood Junior Woodchuck, um, thanks to the fact that his grandmother was the first head of the the first you know leader of the Wood Junior Woodchucks. You know, basically she was an adventurer just like Scrooge as well. And she was looking for the artifacts that Scrooge and his family had come into possession of uh, throughout the series and the season. It's during this that you know Bradford's trying to appeal to Huey, like, look, you know, we're both kind of cut from the same cloth. We both want answers. We both want to make sure things are good and safe and protected, stuff like that. But what Bradford doesn't uh, count on just yet is Huey finding out the real truth. And what he finds out is he goes into this room and he sees all these boxes, if if you will. And this was alluded to. This was kind of hinted at. When Launchpad was bringing it up, like, oh, what if, you know, you know, what if the uh, planning, what if I is planning to people, put everybody into boxes and da-da-da and all that? So, even though they found that to be ridiculous, it actually was something that, you know, became a reality, it became legit, if you will. So, you know, long story short, Huey goes into this room and he spots Ludwig von Drake. And he spots... Gandra D. And we find out that they, along with all, everybody else that's there, is being, plan- is being, you know, kept there and planned to be basically erased from existence. And Gandra, ba- Gandra and Ludwig basically let Huey in on this. Like, this is what Bradford has in mind. It's not just, you know, to eliminate Scrooge. But it's to eliminate, oh, eliminate adventure, basically, from existence. But it's to eliminate the entire McDuck family and anybody associated with them. And the moment Gendras says, you know, exactly what the plan that Bradford has is, you see all these boxes light up. And you see every character that's appeared throughout the DuckTales series and this recent season, including, including Kit and Molly. Yeah, Kit and Molly ended up getting captured. The Santa Claus, uh, Santa Claus in the DuckTales universe gets captured. The Greek gods that were shown in the, you know, series get captured. Goldie, yes, Goldie is there. She gets captured. The villains, as I just mentioned moments ago, they're captured. The Rescue Rangers get captured. Anything that has to do uh, with adventure or associated with adventure is captured and kept in these boxes, you know, till you know, Bradford executes his plan to erase anything associated with adventure and this was like the moment this this scene came up and the moment we saw more of the characters during the launchpad hero moment the moment we saw all the other characters that have been in the series even including mostly this year, this season show me be, be shown to be in these boxes you know that's when it became apparently clear to me and I'm sure a lot of you and then we get, and, and the last shot, basically, one of the last shots, you know, after the battle with Bradford, uh, is concluded. Along with that shot, you know, the revelation that you have all these characters, especially some of the Disney Afternoon characters. And then, like I said, the last shot after the br- battle with Bradford is over. Kind of basically, in my opinion, from my perspective, you know, made it very clear that it wasn't just foul, it wasn't just Bradford and foul. Against the McDuck family and their al and the McDuck family and Scrooge himself, you know, and any allies they may have. But it was basically foul, Bradford and Fowl, against the Disney Afternoon. Think about that. Think about that. Rescue Rangers, Tailspin, Kitten Molly, references to the gummy bears, um, if you will. All this, all this that's been talked about, associated, and seen throughout the series run and this season. Basically, in my opinion, in that one moment, when we see everybody else that had been captured and everybody else later on during Launchpad's Hero moment, and then that closing, one of those closing shots after the battle with Bradford, basically made it perfectly clear to me it wasn't just a battle of foul against the McDuck family and their, and their allies and all that, or those very close to them, but it was a battle of foul against the Disney Afternoon. Because the Disney Afternoon, when you think about it, you know, represents, you know, all the characters that were involved here, Disney Afternoon wise, represents adventure. It represents adventure. And that might, there is the main reason why Bradford wants to, you know, defeat Scrooge, wants to basically beat Scrooge, um, if you will, because he's sick and tired of Scrooge adventuring. I mean, he even points out that everything that's been associated. Uh, with, you know, moments and stuff throughout this season and in the previous seasons, and throughout the continuity or the timeline of the Scrooge McDuck lifetime uh, timeline, if you will, uh, in the series, has all been centered around because of Scrooge's involvement. You know, he blames him for everything that, you know, he putting the, he puts the blame on him for everything that's happened. And that he feels that if Scrooge, and basically his Thought process is if Scrooge stops adventuring, then none of this will ever have to happen ever again. Basically, in the long run, as crazy as it sounds, and maybe stupid as it sounds to some people, Bradford's plan—and I think we kind of got alluded to it—you know—at the beginning of the se- of this season, the end of last season, and all that, and even throughout the series, Bradford's plan basically is that. You know, he just wants Scrooge to be an average business guy. You know, you're the richest duck in the world, or you're one of the most wealthiest, uh, successful you know, people in the world, and yet you want to keep adventuring when you should be settling down and being a person of business, taking care of business. Don't adventure anymore. I mean, he even says in his when he's monologuing to Scrooge, Scrooge and everything, That kids should be in school. They should be in shopping malls. They shouldn't be adventuring. People like you who are rich and have businesses should be running your businesses and stuff like that. Basically, he's a guy that's saying, look, you know, everybody that's involved in these adventures because of you should be doing other things, you know, besides that. They should be doing things that are daily life situations or daily life activities. And some people that have reviewed this episode, this finale, have kind of agreed with that that you know bradford has a point that if scrooge would have just let his family live out their lives on a normal basis you know not involve them in any of his adventures or anything that none of this would have happened none of this would have occurred but yet because scrooge wants to constantly go on adventures and now he's bringing his family along with for the ride you know it's causing too much chaos in his you know from his perspective i mean like i said earlier His attempts to try to get Scrooge to basically stop adventuring go all the way back to when he reveals to Scrooge in his confrontation, because he fights Scrooge, of course, uh, in the finale, or in this finale, I should say, he fights him. He basically reveals to Scrooge that he's the one that let Della in, or he's the one that allowed Della to know about the spirit of Selene. And that's what, which is what caused, like I said, Della to be. Lost in that space storm. Or that electric storm. That caused it to crash land on the moon. And get stranded there for quite some time. So. So yeah. It's just one of. So yeah. Basically Bradford from a story perspective. Has been doing this. And he even says it for the past 30 plus years. That you know. He's been trying to get Scrooge to stop adventuring. To just you know. it will settle down and be a normal person. And. You know, basically his plan is to take anything adventure-wise and erase it from existence to make sure that, you know, there's no more, in his perspective, there's no more chaos. There's no more unpredictability, you know, if you will. I mean, he he takes basically something, he basically, okay, here's what he does. So he takes that one device that, you know, bring, that looks into alternate, reality, the Seligo circuit, he takes that and modifies it to where it doesn't, you know, take things, you know, or bring things in uh, from other realities and then tosses them back into those realities. That instead, he's modified it to where now the Seligo circuit or whatever it's called, that vortex thing, that when things get tossed into it, they don't go into other realities. They're erased. The moment they go into it, they're erased. They are done. They're history. And he basically plans, as I mentioned earlier, with everybody that's been captured, he plans to basically put them into the vortex, erase them from existence so that adventuring doesn't occur. And you think to yourself, man, you know, obviously he had, you know, being a CEO of Scrooge's business, being the behind-the-scenes lead of Foul and all that, obviously he had to have a lot of time in his hands to plan this all out. I mean, like I, like I said, when he talks about the contract, he says he's been working on that for 30-plus years, gone through everything with a fine-tooth comb and everything. So, yeah, he basically has had this all worked out to where he believes that adventure, that if these adventurers are gone, that anything associated with adventure and all that is gone, that things will be normalized, that things will be as they should be. You know, people will live their normal lives and all that. There will be less controlled chaos. There'll be less chaos, if not any, if not, you know, total stoppage to chaos, you know, once and for all. You know, so that's his plan. But what he doesn't count on is there's a loophole in the contract that he wants Scrooge to sign. Now, before we get into that, like I said, there are a lot of other moments um, in here which are pretty, pretty damn cool, in my opinion. Uh, You know, one thing about this season, and even in previous seasons, you know, we've had... Uh, basically references and acknowledgments and appearances by other, you know, Disney Afternoon characters, like with Darkwing Duck was the first, acknowledgments to Cape Suzette, Tailspin, and Goof Troop, you know, with, you know, Spooderville, and like I said, Cape Suzette being referenced and all that. The, you know, and even Bonkers showing up um, in the, uh, what was it, the the highlight reel, not highlight reel, but the uh, video footage of basically the Fearsome Three the The fearsome trio from the universe, the alternate universe, with the Darkwing Duck uh, show is a reality, uh, if you will. Basically, you know they brought ba- you know they bring him in, and like as we said, as we saw in the um, I was trying to think of what I was going to say there. Uh, as we saw in those uh, video footage, the police footage or news footage they showed in the Let's Get Dangerous Darkwing Duck Ducktales special slash pilot. For the Darkwing Duck series, potentially down the line. You know, they brought him in. So, you look at the fact that, okay, they found a way to bring Bonkers in. They found a unique way to reimagine the origin of how the Rescue Rangers came to be. They brought Goofy in, you know, for some slapstick reason. Because the genie said, of course he's here. You know, ever hear a slapstick or something? Or special guest stars or whatever? So, Goof Troop... You know, with Goofy, like I said, they found a way to bring the Rescue Rangers in. Later on, Kit and Molly, they reimagined how the Wuzzles came to be. So you're thinking, and then of course, like I said, they found a way to bring Bonkers in. So you're thinking, okay, what else could they find a way to, uh, what other Disney Afternoon property, I should say, could they find a way to bring into the series? What other Disney Afternoon property that we don't expect them to bring in uh, into the DuckTales universe could they do? Because like I said, Every other Disney Afternoon property that... Oh, every other franchise that's been part of the Disney Afternoon has been referenced or shown. Gummy Bears, Bonkers, Goof Troop, Tailspin, you know, you, you, you know, Darkwing Duck, uh, most specifically. But now you're thinking, what else? What is left, right? And then we get this moment. We get this moment with that um, headless horseman that has the statue of Scrooge's head on him, right? And we find out that this horseman is actually a spirit. It's actually, some, I think, it's some kind of spirit that inhabited, well, it inhabited the horse basically at the beginning of the series, and it's been inhabiting it since then. So, you know, you're wondering, okay, who is, you know, could, and so you're thinking, okay, you know, basically that this horse, this headless horse that has the um, the uh, head of Scrooge or the head of the Scrooge. Uh, the head, the Scrooge McDuck's head on its body, you know, which is basically the statue head of Scrooge, you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know, he's a one-off deal. He's a joke, right? You know, even if he shows up and plays some kind of role, it's not going to be that big, right? Well, we find out that the spirit that inhibited, uh, inhabited that horse with the Scrooge head on it, it had a power that it said it would never unleash again. It would never unleash. And again, I know i I know I sound like I'm rambling here. I do apologize. You know, this is what happens when you do things unscripted, you know, like I like to do, and like others like to do at times. Um, but you know, like I said, with all the other Disney afternoon um, properties that they've referenced and showcased in this show uh, throughout its existence, throughout its three-year run, a three- to four-year run, you would say to yourself, "Okay, what is left?" Guess what's left. Guess what they do with this horse this headless horse that has the statue head of Scrooge on it and which basically is possessed in, in basically inhabits the spirit of this mystical being or whatever it is that the phantom blob knows about what is this you know what is the last well, the one property you wouldn't think they would reference that they would actually reference and bring to life here I'll tell you. Because even when, cause when people put the clip of this on there, I was like, what in the name? And even ComicBook.com talked about this. It's the one reference that nobody saw coming. The one Disney afternoon show nobody thought would find its way into DuckTales. <laughs> and I, again, I was just blown away by it. It was none other than Gargoyles. Gargoyles. Yeah, Goliath, Keith David himself. Keith David, the voice of Goliath, guest, guest, makes a surprise cameo guest appearance in Gargoyles as this headless horseman that unleashes the power he said he wouldn't unleash. And when he does unleash it, you hear the music of Gargoyles. And I can only imagine people's reaction when that happened. I hope people recorded it because I could see them going like, no, no, no way. Because that was my reaction. That was my reaction. When people put the clip up because it, you know, it came out, I guess some people got um, access to it early or something. I don't know. But I had to rewatch it myself uh, later on. And I was like, no, (laughs) no way. No way. Did they just do what I think they just did? But they did. They brought in a DuckTales version of Goliath into Goggle. I mean into DuckTales. That was that was basically the that that right there out of all the Disney afternoon references or acknowledgments that you would think they would possibly couldn't you know they possibly couldn't pull out of their hat anymore they go there and it just it's like (laughs) and he uses the saying, he says, I live again. <laughs> it's like, oh, whoo. It's like, again, out of all the references, that blew my mind. And that pretty much gave fans, in a sense, that moment that they knew, you know, in the original 90s Disney Afternoon one would never happen unless it was in fan fiction. That, they gave it to them right here. They gave it to them right here. It was, it was amazing. It was amazing, but overall, again, out of all the references and showmen and showcases of Disney Afternoon properties they put in this show, that was one nobody, and even even me, saw coming. None of us saw that coming. But, but now let's get to the final finale here, the final part. So, basically, we get the battle with Scrooge and Bradford. Bradford has this sword. Uh, the sword of something. I can't think of the name right now, but he has it. And he basically uses its power to basically beat Scrooge down to the point that it gives him enough time to toss a contract to Scrooge. And like I said, the con- att- the parchment connected to the contract is the, par- is the papayas. And basically, Bradford's deal with Scrooge is I'll let you and your family go and live your happy lives and everything as long as you agree to agree to the stipulation that you will give up adventuring and you will never adventure again. And Scrooge, basically to protect his family, even though they're reluctant against it, agrees, he signs it, he gets bound by this chain, and, oh, this, yeah, this chain and everything, and then Bradford decides, you know what, I don't really you know, indulge in villainy, but just this once I'm going to indulge in it. He grabs Donald and then tosses Donald um, into the vortex. But Donald doesn't die. He doesn't die in the Solego S- vortex. I'm just, I'm just going to call it that. He doesn't die because Gyro, along with Gandra, you know, get free, and they are able to hack into the system and shut it down. Now, before this, of course. Uh, now, before this, of course, when he presents the papayas to Scrooge and basically says that this is going to, once he agrees to it, it ends adventuring once and for all. Scrooge tells him, well, if that's the case, you got to get rid of your own henchmen to make that happen. You know, you got to erase them from existence. And guess what he does? He takes the other two vultures that were like, I guess, co-CEOs or you know, co-executives or whatever in, you know, in and in, in the foul organization as well as Scrooge's business. He takes them, tosses them into the vortex, they get erased. Then he takes Madame or Heron. Uh, Madame Heron, tosses her in, and she actually is impressed by this, saying, I knew I'd make you into you know a true villain or something like that. She says something along the line that, you know, this is you know, she's because basically when she's falling into the vortex, she's impressed that, you know, Bradford's showing this true villainy. But yet Bradford is trying to make it perfectly clear he's not a villain, that basically all he's doing is trying to bring, you know, uh, he's trying to bring less chaos to the world. He's trying to bring order to the world so that, you know, everybody can live their lives the way they should. And what happens, what happens afterwards, like I said, when he tries to do the same to Donald and it doesn't work because it's hacked into, the thing is shut down by being hacked into, You know, you have, you know, you you have Bradford get confronted by everybody that shows up. And the reason Gandra and uh, Gyro and even the boys are, you know, are free is because of May and June. Because May and June see exactly what he's done to the mom. And Webby has to tell him, look, family is always there for you. Family are the ones you truly fight for. And I guess that's enough for May and June to realize, that, you know, Bradford was never their family. Fowl was never their family because he wouldn't have done what they, he did to their mom. Who's And I, I'm, a, I'm assuming uh, Heron, you know, did look at them, despite her actions at times, as legit daughters. Like the daughters she never had. So, anyway, long story short, they get free. Bradford's upset And he's like, no, no more adventures. And he tries to put the finishing blow on Webby. I mean, not Webby, but Scrooge. And that's when Webby, that's what I was trying to say, that's when Webby shows up, stops him, blocks his attack, and says, you get away from my dad. And then this, again, like I said earlier, shocks Scrooge because he's like, what? And as I mentioned earlier, that's when I believe, in my opinion, all the pieces started to come together in Scrooge's mind. And he realizes, you know, the only reason... You know, Bradford got the papayas uh, parchment. It was because Webby is Scrooge's direct descendant by being cloned from him. So yeah, Scrooge is able, in a sense, when you think about it, throughout all his lifetime of adventuring, is able to quickly piece all the pu- is c- quickly, I should say, able to piece all the pieces of the puzzle together, piece everything that's going on together, you know, just like that, and he realizes. That the reason Webby's saying that is because Webby was cloned from him, and that's how Bradford got the Papaya's Parchment. So anyway, she stops him, and you know this upsets him to the point that the sword basically Grant, the sword basically causes them to become more powerful, and he blames them for basically turning them into what he's becoming, and uh, Beakley and Della. Try to hold him down with a rope or chains or something like that. And, and Beakley's like, This sword only amplifies who you are inside. And Della's like, You did this to yourself. In other words, what they're telling him is that you could say you're not a villain, but this sword amplifying you into what you are now or making you become what you are, you know, you could say you're not a villain, but this sword is telling you otherwise. It's telling you otherwise. So basically, You know, they try to hold him off. They fail. And then he tries to shoot one more beam at them and Scrooge. uh, And Donald shows up. He blocks it with some kind of, I guess, a piece of the uh, building or something. And then all the other family members, you know, get behind, you know, Donald. And then that's when uh, the boys, Huey, Dewey, Louie, and Webby come up or basically uh, figure out the solution of how to get out of the... Uh, contract how to get you know Scrooge out of the contract when they basically realize that you know Scrooge can't be adventuring that is true he's agreed to that and he has to be with his family in return and it all and basically they come up and everybody that's reviewed this already has said it's kind of ridiculous but it kind of falls into the category of the ridiculousness of DuckTales sometimes and how they're able to figure things out even in the original And it's here where they figure out a way out of to get, you know, Scrooge out of the agreement of the contract by telling Bradford that, yeah, you say he can't be adventuring anymore. He can be with his family, but family is the greatest adventure of all, which in a sense is ridiculous, a ridiculous way to get out of it. A ridiculous loophole to get out of the contract, but it's actually a true statement in not only fantasy, but reality. And this, and even Bradford's like, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but it turns out to be true, because even the parchment's like, you know what? They're right. You know, binding, you know, you know, they're right. Binding agreement, broken. Boom. You know, agreement null and void. Boom. So it basically disintegrates, causes Bradford, and this basically affects Bradford, basically, because it causes the, you know, the sword, um, to uh, uh, basically take back the power it gave him. And he's like, no, and basically, long story short, basically by the parchment kind of agreeing with what the boys and Webby said, not only is the agreement broken, but all the power that Bradford had from the sword and everything is taken away from him. And Bradford's like, I'm not about to lose to you. I'm not about to lose to Scrooge. And Scrooge then says, oh, you didn't lose to me. You lost to my family. All of them. And then we get, as soon as he says that, we get that shot that I mentioned earlier of not only his family, but his allies, but also the other Disney Afternoon characters like Molly and Kit and the Rescue Rangers. And to me, again, that basically, in my opinion, you know, gave me the impression that he was, it wasn't just foul against the McDuck family and their closest allies and friends, but it was foul against the Disney Afternoon. You know, basically, I guess you could say... A loose adaption of The Legend of the Chaos God... Where he has to Lego, You know, traveling between different Disney Afternoon... Properties in the Disney Adventure Magazines... Before concluding in a Darkwing Duck story. But yeah... Bradford, basically... His plans... His 30 years of planning you know, go up in smoke when he basically doesn't realize that the one loophole that he didn't, you know, plan on, you know, being there, you know, being there, uh, in existence was that family is an adventure in its own. So that's what basically is able to cause the contract to become null and void. And, you know, basically Bradford's like, he's cowering away because he notices, yeah, he's being defeated, he's been defeated. And then... The moment he cowers away, he turns around, and you see all the villains, you know, uh, standing behind him. Behind him. You see all the villains standing up behind him, uh, thanks to Magica the spells uh, magic, they're floating in the air. And they're all basically chastising him, you know, for him, you know, trying to be something that, you know, you know uh, that he obviously is, even though he's trying to deny it. And when he says, I'm not a villain, Magic is like, you certainly are not. And she uses her magic to turn him into a mindless vulture bird. Yeah, a mindless pet vulture bird, which basically flies to her arms. And then she and the other villains, along with the now mindless vulture version of just uh, of Bradford, teleport away. And then that's how that battle ends. And yeah. Overall, this finale is just great. And the way it ends is in typical DuckTales fashion, courtesy of Launchpad. You know, because everybody, you know, is happy. Everything has turned out okay. And basically, you know, they all have a group family hug. You know, Scrooge is like, Launchpad, who's flying the plane? Della's like, oh, I'll, I got it. Woo! She goes to, over to the pilot seat to take care of it. And Launchpad's like, oh, good. Crisis averted, almost ruined everything. And he puts his hand on uh, the uh, the uh, back on the is uh, it the, the cargo button the cargo door button, and it causes everybody to be sucked out of the plane. And then you see the credits roll as they all you know just flow, you know falling through the air and everything, and they're having fun with it, They're having fun with it, and you know that's pretty much how it ends. But overall, I, I can't say any more than I'm sure I've already said. Uh, unscripted wise, and I'm sure I can't say any more than anybody. Like Sonicus, Sonicus, I believe was one of the one of the uh, reviewers of the Ducktales series that I definitely recommend you check out, as well as uh, Isaac Carlson of Whatso, of Whatso Videos. Check them out and their reviews on Ducktales and anything related to it. You know, I don't think I can say any more than what they have said and others have said. As well as next big thing, check him out too, uh, because. You know, what more can you say about this finale? This finale, like I said earlier, did everything it needed to do. It answered questions that we've been wanting answers to. It did it in unique ways that even we as viewers probably didn't see coming, along with the characters. It gave us some, you know, moments in there that we didn't see coming. Other Disney Afternoon references that we didn't see coming, like with the gargoyle thing. So this this thing for, you know, depending on how you view it, you will know, like, you know, commercial free, which is about 70 minutes, and with commercials, which is about 90. You know, depending on how you view it, this lived up to the hype that was, you know, put around it. It lived up to everything, everything put, all the hype, everything that was put into it. Because, again, it, it gave us all, it gave us, to, in my opinion, a, satisfi- a, satisfi- a satisfying conclusion. It gave us a satisfying conclusion I mean it answered the question about Gan- about Gandra as well, whereabouts after uh, the uh, episode that um, that aired two uh, two episodes late uh, two episodes previously like where was she taken off to uh, because of her betrayal of foul and here's the one thing even though there were some things that as the series went on that were becoming more predictable and everything, Gandra was the one predictability that we knew was inevitable anyway. We knew from the moment she appeared in the second season, her revelation that she was part of Foul, and then later on, you know, we knew that she wasn't really a bad girl. She was just, uh, you know, know, she was just aligned with Foul for other reasons, and we found out what those reasons were uh, two episodes prior. But to see that become, uh, see that become a reality, become to come true. You know, yeah, you know, they could have avoided that by just making her good, you know, in the first place. But I like the fact that they gave her a backstory, you know, in uh, in the episode, uh, two episodes prior. Oh yeah, when they were in a Matrix-like environment. I like that they gave her a backstory as to why she joined with foul and all that. And the fact that she was actually planning to leave Foul because, you know, she had enough uh, information or she had enough funding or whatever she needed to you know do her own thing to move on. So and the fact that I think she realized and I gotta go back and watch it again, I think she realized that foul wasn't exactly everything that were cracked up to be. So so overall I uh, you know I like the fact that they gave her a good conclusion and great character development. Definitely, you know, look I like the other version of Gandhro from the original Death Tales. But I like the fact that they took this version and said, let's do more with her. Give her real character development. And they did. Can't deny that. You know, can't deny that whatsoever. But overall, overall, besides that and other things that might have been predictable and stuff at the end, I have to say that this finale lived up, like I said, to all the hype and expectations given to it. Like I said, it gave us answers to questions we have had. Did it in unique ways you know it found unique ways to bring in other characters that we don't normally see you know uh, in disney animation that much and you know just you know just overall to me did a satisfying job did an overall satisfying job uh by giving this series a, a conclusion that i think you know sets the bar it sets the bar for any potential future Disney Afternoon rebooted series uh, to come. I mean, one thing that Shauna Kiss and Next Big Thing and even Isaac would compare it to is the finale to Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls, you know, had two seasons, great seasons, uh, two about two seasons, three seasons, something like that, and a lot of people wanted it to go longer. They wanted it to go longer, but when it was decided it wasn't going to go any longer, they gave it a proper conclusion well, with the, what is it, the war uh three-parter, you know, it gave it a proper conclusion that a lot of people felt, you know, could not be surpassed. That it's going to take something just as unique and great to surpass it. And when you have the same people behind, some of the same people, I should say, behind Gravity Falls, working on this new version of DuckTales, you pretty much got the perfect recipe for potential surpassing. And to a lot of people, that's what the DuckTales finale did. You know, it's the same thing like with Kim Possible. You know, people wanted that one more season and they got it. And then when, you know, you know, it came to finally wrapping it up with the graduation, everybody thought so the drama was you know, being the movie it was originally meant to be a finale, but it was basically a, a bridging gap between three and four, that being the seasons. You know, nobody thought, okay, any anything could surpass that movie finale or that movie you know, that uh, made-for-television movie, direct-to-video movie, but yet you get graduation, and it does just that. Graduation flat-out does just that, and I thought that was great. And it shows you that sometimes when you put a lot of effort into something, you know, that you want to send, you know, give a great send-off to, especially when it's a a series, a very popular, beloved series of any kind, then when you put all the effort into it, you're going to get great rewards and great reactions and returns and to me this set the bar like i said for any potential disney afternoon reboots to try to follow and try to even up to or even surpass down the line it really does so overall though guys i thought it was a great finale highly recommend you check it out it's on demand on disney xd right now it's probably going to be showing up on disney plus real soon too uh check it out it's It's just, it is worth a watch, in my opinion. It is definitely worth a watch that you guys will thoroughly, in my opinion, enjoy. I really do. So, uh, let me know what your thoughts are, though, down below. Comment if you like. I'd love to hear from each and every one of you on this. And I am out. God bless. Take care. Get vaccinated. Stay safe. Peace. And I'm out.